I'm Mike Buttle, and welcome to the second part of my look at the wonderful Manx Electric Railway, here on Manx Radio. In this programme I'll be following both the story and the route of the MER from Groudle to Laxey, and taking a trip to the roof of the island on the Snaefell Mountain Railway. Along the way I'll be meeting up with some of the people who keep the trams running, taking in an enthusiast view of the system, and getting a reaction from a passenger revisiting the island after a gap of 15 years. The Manx Electric Railway to Groudle opened on September the 7th, 1893. According to the press on the day, judging by the large number of people who took the advantage of the opportunity to roll along the charming drive, it's going to be a great success. The drive in itself is very lovely, and with such a beautiful glen at the terminus, there's no doubt it'll be one of the greatest attractions Douglas has to offer her visitors. And as a continuation of the drive along the front, it will make one of the most charming excursions and interesting drives in this kingdom. No visitor should leave the island without going over the line and witness the efforts that are being made by private enterprise to bring the beauty spots of Mona's Isle within a comfortable and easy reach. The promoters, though, by now have their sights firmly set on reaching Laxey. Timbal's approval to extend past Groudle was granted in November 1893, but with some conditions being required. The maximum gradient of the line would be no more than 1 in 20. The maximum speed, 8 miles an hour during rail and road running, and 6 miles an hour at crossing points. Goods, freight and mail were also to be carried, and finally, it gave the company compulsory purchase powers for land along the approved route. Construction recommenced in February 1894. An impressive viaduct was built to take the tramway and the new road over the Groudle River. By February 1894, the railway had extended through Boldrine. A charming station once stood at Garwick, serving the glen there. As well as an ornate waiting shelter, it also boasted a little refreshment kiosk. A large sign proclaimed the destination, and steps led down to the glen. Garwick was hugely popular, with hundreds of visitors alighting the trams here. Sadly, though, the station, kiosk and sign is now just a memory, with almost no trace of the station remaining. Lots of other diminutive stops or boarding places are passed along the route of the MER, some with wonderful names like Far End, Lamb's Crossing, Fairy Cottage and Ballamore Top. These names might be more at home in Tolkien's Shire of Middle Earth than on a Victorian tramway. As the line continued through to Laxey, the power supply was improved, and new stock began to arrive. Six more motorcars, or power trams, were bought from Milnes to increase the number to nine. More trailers appeared as well, all from the same supplier, to bring the total up to twelve by the time the line to Laxey was opened. To add to these, four items of good stock were also purchased, these two coming from Milnes. Inspection runs took place on the 27th of July 1894, and an official opening took place the next day. To complement the newly extended railway, Laxey Glen Gardens were developed as a major attraction, and of course the magnificent Lady Isabella Wheel played its part in the scheme of things. I took a journey on the line recently, and at Laxey spoke to Julie, a visitor from Ireland who was returning to the Isle of Man for the first time in quite a few years. Yes, we were here 15 years ago, and I'm here now with my two sons, my sister and her two children. So we've just come off the, uh, the electric train line. Uh, absolutely beautiful altogether. The view of the coastline, all the greenery, the uh, unspoiled scenery. It was a real experience. Really, really enjoyed it. I believe I did the trip 15 years ago, but my two boys were only two babies at the time. So I was probably caught up with them that a lot of it, I don't remember. Remember a lot of it, but certainly it uh, has been an enjoyable experience this time. And you've travelled on the world's oldest tram car. How about that? 
fabulous and I didn't realise that until I arrived so absolutely beautiful yeah lovely Whilst I was in Laxey I also took the time to talk to Mark Edwards who's the station master there I asked Mark how the stations had changed over the years The oldest building here at the moment is probably the uh, building that people would either buy tickets from or go inside to buy refreshments from from the cafe so originally the Snaefell and the MER lines were separate and they were moved into the station as it is now in about 1899 when the building that's still here was moved over from where Hammernegg Terrace is, uh, and that was moved in. There was another building uh, that people may remember or have seen in pictures where the siding is now, which is a refreshment room, or was. Uh, that burnt down, unfortunately, so that's no longer here. There's the two kiosks behind us as well. Not original, probably more like Trigger's Broom, but they have been here a long time, uh, originally thatched like the building was, and they were used to sell sort of souvenirs and refreshments from sort of bananas, more like grocery type of stuff, really. So you say the, the, the Snaefell trams didn't start from here. Where, where was the original station for Snaefell then? The original station for Snaefell was actually right next to where the car shed is, where the trams are housed. Um, it, I think, a year later moved down onto the road, which would be the 1896 season. And I think from 1899, possibly 1900s onwards, it was moved into the station where it still is today. Just down the line, there's the Laxey car sheds. Uh, they contain some interesting out-of-use items. What might they be? Yeah, so in Laxey car sheds, there's a lot of sort of open trams um, that we don't need anymore, so they're kept safe in there. Yeah, there's a freight car, number 26, which was out in the transport festival, uh, and that was used for cattle. And there's number 23, which is a ballast hopper. Originally, it didn't have the ballast hopper ends on it, and it was just uh, a locomotive. It had a crash, and after the crash, they put the ballast hopper bodies on, with the theory being that when it's empty and not got any stone, it doesn't need the extra adhesion. And when it's full, it's got the extra adhesion on the wheels. The next step, then, was logically to connect Laxey to Ramsey. Work started in May 1897, and by August 1898, it reached as far as Balur on the outskirts of Ramsey. I'll cover this part of the story in the next episode, but for now, it's time to take a diversion and travel by mountain railway to the roof of the island. A fleet of dedicated tramcars served the Snaefell line. Running on 3 foot 6 inch gauge track, some 6 inches wider than the MER, the difference being necessary to allow the centre rail to be installed. This arrangement is known as the fell rail system, and the centre rail provides braking capability. It's double track all the way, just like the MER, and this enables trams to provide an almost continuous service when required. This usually happens during the TT and Manx Grand Prix, as the halfway point at the bungalow offers great views of the races. I'm joining driver Andy Pollard for the trip up to the clouds. I've actually been driving two years, but I've been working here five years, because you have to do two years on the brakes uh, before you're allowed to uh, drive, and then you have to do your driving uh, test, and then you're allowed to drive. And you're enjoying the experience? Oh, yeah, lovely. Lovely scenery. Yeah, lovely. Now, you're saying lovely scenery, but the, the weather can be rather unpredictable up the top, can't it? How, how quickly can conditions change? You can have four seasons in a matter of an hour. Every time people come down here and they ask me what the weather's like up top, I always say, when I was up there, because it can change in a matter of minutes, we can have thick fog, mist, and it'll blow away within five minutes. It's a totally different atmosphere up there. I asked Andy if he could go through the controls of Snaefell car number one as we left Laxey station. 
basically we've got what they call a little brass key which we just turn on and you may have heard that one turning the power onto the tram once we get into that position we'll be re ready to go we'll put the signals on for the brakesman which is two bleeps he will give me two bleeps back to say he's clear all the passengers are on everything's okay we're all clear to go once they're all clear to go ring the bell the floor bell which i'll try and ring the bell bell Tell us it's time to go. Soon as it's time to go, I will release the wheel brake, which is very similar to an handbrake in a car you're going to go. And then I'll put one or two points on the power lever and we'll gently leave the station. Whilst driving an electric tram up the side of a mountain, you might reasonably expect to come across one or two obstructions or unusual occurrences. We uh, encounter sheep. Sheep are all over the mountain from basically down here all the way up to the summit. Um, one day we was driving up and this sheep was laid on the track, only lamb, I'll tell you well lamb, and uh, I stopped the tram, uh, went to investigate why it weren't moving off the rails and its mum come towards me, so after its mum comes towards me I made the brakesman go and shift it because it, it didn't seem to like me, it was giving me funny looks. <laughs> And it, it can get busy, can't it, this, the Stairfield Mountain Railway? Yeah, it can absolutely be yeah, packed. Every tram can go up full. Uh, last Tuesday, uh, we had over 500 up, and the only tram that wasn't full was the last one. The trams can take 46, and the least we took up in the first 11 trams were 43. Just a short distance out from Laxey Station, we go past the Stairfield car sheds. This is where the day-to-day -day maintenance is carried out. Mark Quayle is in charge of things here, and he gave me an insight into how the trams are kept in service. Uh, these tram cars have been shuttling up and down Snaefell now for, for nearly 130 years, and the, the, the exposure to the sun and, and to the wind and rain that afflicts the uh, the operation is, 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 is a challenge for us. I mean, it doesn't do the bodies, bodies any good um, and care of... Uh, timber structures and, and ferrous materials is, is, is always a challenge. Um, we've spent the last five years. We've 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 had to uh, we've really had to improve things. And to, to that end, um, we we have a full sort of program now. With all the cars have gone through them. With the last one going through uh, a heavy repair this winter um, to its body shell and underframe. And reliability, touching wood as usual, has, has, has been excellent uh, the last season. So uh, I hope we're getting somewhere. I hope we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> it still remains one of the biggest draws on the island, doesn't it, the Mountain Railway? Yeah, there was there was one day during TT. I mean, the, the busiest, very busiest periods seem to be over TT, which uh, there was a day this year we managed to shift 1,100 people from Laxey to the, to the bungalow with just the three cars, with the fourth obviously shuttling from the bungalow up to the summit as, as, as usually happens it's uh sometimes it can be a bit it can seem a bit like a commuter operation but I, but i assure you it's 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 quite a special uh it is a special railway and when it opened um Snaefell used to generate its own power didn't it uh, but now i suppose you take it off the national grid as it were yeah well we have two substations we have one at laxey which we share with the mer um so we have our own group in there if you like which is uh, double end fed uh, using the other substation at the bungalow so the bottom sections as I say fed from the two grid connections that way and, and the top section above the bungalow is single end fed from the bungalow and all the power infrastructure has been overhauled in the last well within the last 10 to 15 years so we're fortunate we've got 
Um, we've got modern supplies. Um, the challenge now is to is is the, um, particularly it's ice build up and wind in the in the winter that afflicts the top section. That's that's always a challenge for us. Um, um, how about track maintenance? Is is that still carried out in house or is that by contract now? Uh, most of the big renewals and, and there's been a huge program in in, pro, in progress for the last well, at least 10 years where um, most of the top section now above the bungalow has, has been relayed on new s30 rail with uh, mostly plastic sleepers actually um, and that's that's paying dividends in terms of reduced wear on the trams we're seeing um, reduced uh, failures of the flexible drive couplings between the motors and gearboxes and that's almost certainly down to uh, improved track uh, maintenance and there's substantial parts of the bottom section certainly up from Laxey the first uh, the first run up to sort of Parsons Crossing up there that's that's been subst- almost completely rebuilt so we're in a, we're in a very good position actually I think and and improving by the year but that's all been carried out by contractors it's just too big for for the in-house uh, resource we've got pretty inhospitable place to work in the winter I would imagine my son did a few months with uh, uh, one of the contractors and a, a couple of years ago and he used to come in absolutely frozen from a day up the mountain he uh, i think he i think he did four months and then actually moved jobs it was to do with the steam railway removing asbestos from steam locos but it's pretty pretty harsh in the winter up there and in fact the rain typically blows at 45 degrees above the horizontal upwards up the side of the mountain so there's really no escape from it it's pretty grim <laughs> providing power to run the trams up the mountain didn't phase the redoubtable victorians one little bit a power station was built just below the bungalow, halfway up Snay Fell. Its remains are still in view today alongside one of the huge boilers. Looking at the size of the boiler makes you wonder how they ever got it up there. When the mountain railway was built, a steam locomotive was hired from the Manx Northern Railway Company to help out with the logistics of the job. A rail was provided at the three-foot measurement to enable this, and the Manx Northern's number four, Caledonia, steamed regularly to the mountaintop with supplies. On one notable occasion, though, the engine was derailed and ran across the road at Laxey. Here's a report from the press at the time of the event. Whether or not there was sufficient steam at the time of the accident, or whether the rails were unusually slippery, we cannot say. At any rate, when the engine and truck got to about the steepest part of the ascent, some 20 yards from the starting point, the wheels began to slip, and a retrograde movement was noticed. With tremendous force and crash, truck and engine descended against a pile of sleepers, clearing them like matchwood, breaking through the hedge bordering the entrance to Mr. Williamson's bakehouse, and smashed against the gable of the shop, occupied by Mr. Joseph Farrago, the greengrocer. Fortunately, the crew escaped unhurt. Whilst very much damaged, the shop wall was not burst in. The pile of sleepers and the hedge alongside had helped in some measure to break the force, but had the locomotive been further up the line, great destruction must have been the consequence. Somewhat opportune and amusing to relate, Mr. Farragher was engaged at the time with an insurance agent, who was using his persuasive powers to induce him to insure his life. However, hearing the noise and blowing of the engine outside, followed by a terrible crash of mineral water bottles, sweet bottles and biscuit tins, Mr. Farragher and the insurance agent rapidly exited the building. The latter cleared off and did not return until some time afterwards. To celebrate the centenary of the Snaefell line in 1995, Caledonia once again ascended into the clouds at the summit. Caledonia was brought up to the bungalow by road, by low loader, and set down onto the tracks. An additional rail had been laid up to the summit to the three-foot gauge in preparation for the event, and extra braking equipment added to the locomotive.
I remember travelling on one of these special workings with my video camera. Now, obviously, the footage I took is not of much use to this radio programme, but the sound of the engine working hard on that incline, which is one in ten in places, is well worth listening to. Sound from the magnificent event in 1995 when steam returned to the Snaefell summit. After reaching the summit and taking in the famous Seven Kingdoms view, it's time to go back down. Motorman Andy Pollard talks us through the procedure. We have got uh, the electronics uh, rear start brakings, uh, which, which are set on points for speed. But uh, many years ago, when it first started, the, uh, the railway was designed with a fell brake, which is the centre rail, which, which runs down. And basically with that is, uh, is two very strong uh, caliper braking on the either the side of the trams, which the brakesman and the driver also have one. Uh, and when you're coming down, the basic thing is, is to keep the fell brakes close to the rail in wet conditions. So if you do tend to get into a slide or have any problems with the electrical uh, braking system, both you and the brakesman can just put these brakes on and bring it to a nice slow stop or till, the driver, till we take over again and put the power back on. Dropping back into Laxey, I met a couple of tour reps who had just arrived with their coach parties after a ride up to the summit. Hi there, I'm, I'm Nick and I'm with Great Railway Journeys. Um, this is the second time I've come to the Isle of Man this year uh, as a tour manager and it's great and uh, we're particularly enjoying going on the electric railway and yesterday we went on the steam railway to, from Douglas to uh, Port Erin and uh, all, all our guests have really enjoyed it. They, they, what they particularly like is a sort of slow, relaxed tourism. I think, you know, other places you go and you might go around in a coach and what have you, and we are using coaches too, but it's that unique experience. We've been on the Snaefell Mountain Railway this morning, and that's just great. Shame about the fog, though. We couldn't see anything when we got up there. So just, just one kingdom instead of seven? Just about one kingdom, and that's only because you can feel it through your feet. <laughs> the Manx Electric Railway continues to attract enthusiasts from near and far. John Hewitt has been visiting the island for years, and John knows a thing or two about trams. He's the operations manager for the preserved Wirral Tramways. I asked John, what was the attraction of our Manx trams? I think for me, the attraction is coming to the Isle of Man to ride on vehicles that were built not half a mile away from where the tramway is in uh, in Birkenhead the GF Mills and previously the uh, the Starbuck factory in Cleveland Street in Birkenhead where many of the vehicles here were, were built on the tramways both the horse tramway and the uh, electric tramway so how do our MER trams differ from the from their Wirral counterparts or, or do, do they differ at all in some respects they're they're similar in others, they're quite different. For a start, most of our vehicles at uh, Wirral are double-deck trams, uh, whereas over here, the, the Manx Electric Railway cars are all single-decks. Um, the controllers are similar, except they uh, have notch arresters on uh, the DB1 controllers, which we use at uh, Birkenhead, whereas the controllers here on the Manx Electric Railway uh, have nine points, and don't have notch arresters, which makes them a little bit of a challenge if you're driving one on a taster or a, a tram driving experience when you're used to the notch arresters on uh, DB1 controllers. It can be a bit of a challenge. 
what's the best part of the journey on the on the MER? For me, it's there's two parts for me. Uh, leaving Derby Castle, going up to towards Onken Head, Passport Jack, and the second is uh, leaving Laxey and going over the uh, over the summit and then back down to Doon Glen again. They're, they're for me, they are the, the best parts of the journey. And does your interest take in the mountain railway as well, or perhaps not so much? Yes, I, I uh, enjoy travelling on the mountain railway. It's been a while since I've been up there, since the weather has been fine. Uh, for example, yesterday when the rain was actually horizontal... Uh, but nevertheless, it's still good to um, it's still good to go up there. I, I mean, for me, one of the most amazing things about perhaps all the islands railways is that in 1895, the Victorians believed that they could climb a 2,000 foot mountain with ad- adhesion alone at one in 12 gradients, and that the technology actually worked. So that's something that always amazes me whenever I travel on the Snaefell Mountain Railway. Now, we steam buffs uh, quite often have our own favourite engine. Do you have a favourite tram on the Isle of Man? I do. I, is it OK if I have two favourite trams? <laughs> is that all right? It's fine. It's a bit like Desert Island Discs, isn't it? Um, my favourite motor car is uh, tram number two. That was built in 1893 by G.F. Milnes. And I have a favourite trailer. Uh, All right, that's perhaps going um, a little bit mad, but uh, my favourite trailer is Trailer 49 because, again, that's a a Milnes-built car and um, has got a few little bits and pieces on, on it where if you didn't know where to look, you would never find them. For example, the nameplate, sorry, the builder's plate, is actually under one of the front seats um, and is probably not noticed by many people, but I know where it is. <laughs> so you've, you've come over here from, from the Wirral on many occasions, and uh, have you ever done any of the tram driving experiences over here? Yes, I've done several of them. Um, I've totted up car number one, two, five, seven, nine, fourteen, twenty, twenty-one, thirty-two, and thirty-three. Goodness me! <laughs> um, not all, not all on, on the on the the day uh, tram driving experiences. Uh, twenty and thirty-three. Uh, I've done on tasters and later on in the week this week I'm going to be doing uh, Tram 16 which is also one I've never driven before. In next week's programme I'll finish my journey with a trip along the most breathtakingly scenic section of the line that between Laxey and Ramsey. I'll find out about the quarries the MER worked and how the railway survived the catastrophic landslip at Bulgham. We'll also relive the magnificent steam on the electric events of the 1990s with two of the people who helped make them happen. Join me next Thursday at 6 or listen online at manxradio.com.